Remain standing as they transition. Reach and get your sword and turn to the 12th chapter, 11, if you will. 11th chapter of Genesis. And let us look at this word for this moment. Last week I took you to the first three verses of chapter 12. And in retrospect and studying for this today's word, the Holy Spirit directed me to the verses prior, beginning of verse 27 of chapter 11. This will be lesson number two in this, what has become a series of lessons entitled, Going Not Knowing. It's about the life of Abraham. And two weeks ago, and even sooner, I started on studying on a verse in Galatians chapter 3, which I thought I would preach on two weeks ago. Didn't get to it because it, it, it launched me, that passage in Galatians 3, to different places. Well, the Lord would rather me go before I get there. And I won't have you turn there, but here's, here's the motive for preaching on, on this life of Abraham. It says in Galatians 3 and 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It says in verse 9 of Galatians 3, this is my motive. I'm just telling you my motive. So then those who are of faith are blessed with the blessing of Abraham. I know that I'm non-Jewish, and you know the same for you. But Gentiles, not born of the genealogy of the Jews. So did God leave us out when Christ came as the Savior? No. Can I get an amen? We were engrafted into the kingdom. Uh, Paul says, since you Jews won't accept Christ, we're going to the Gentiles. Because he's Lord of all. Can I get an amen? And so, my point is that through faith in Jesus Christ... I have come to understand and through the word that all the blessings of Abraham that God promised him that are still flowing, overflowing, even though he's long gone, the Lord said, it's mine also. Yours also. Did you hear me? I'm telling you that I am so troubled at the devil robbing us of what God has for us. I, I am so troubled when I can live at a higher level and greater power and greater effectiveness and I can be blessed and be a blessing and I'm not, I'm not content to have less than God's best. That, that's where I am this morning. And it has to do with the life of faith. And so having said that, verse 27 of chapter 11, this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Ishkah. But Sarah was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah was 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. <laughs> I never thought I'd get a sermon out of a genealogy, but hold on. Verse two, 1, chapter 12. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country 
from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I'm talking about the blessing of Abraham coming to us too, okay? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I want that for the glory of God, not for myself. Ego has got to die. He's got to get the glory. And you shall be a blessing. I'm ready for this. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse them who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I'm ready for that. On down through my generations. I'm always cognizant of the fact that this hour and this day, we got places to go and things to do and people to see. But I tell you that you will spend no more time any more valuable today than in the presence of God that you're doing right now. So that the enemy will not steal from you what God has. Let's pray for each other. Point your hands in my direction. Pray for me that I can be a blessing to you. And I'll pray that you'll be a blessing to each other. And we will all bless the Lord. Come on, let me hear you pray. Offer a prayer for me. God, make it easy to listen. But not so easy that we just drift away. Come on, pray with me. Oh God, I need impartation. I need revelation. I need the discernment of the Holy Ghost to know how to minister to this body of believers. The first service and this service. We need your word, oh God. We need your word. My word is of no effect unless it's anointed by the power of God. And so I pray for revelation for all of us. I, I pray, oh God, for us to have the mind of Christ. Oh God, I, I pray that we would be people of faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. I rebuke the devil, God. I pray for energy, for life, for fire, for unction. But I do not want to be an entertainer. I want to be one who communicates truth and I want us to receive it help us today because there's some things that we cannot do many things without you but you are available and for that we're grateful can you say amen and I appreciate your honoring the Lord you may be seated in his presence let me move with haste so under this title of going without knowing there's a subtitle I want to use for my talk with you this morning that is the call to a life of faith Few men outside of the Lord Jesus Christ in Scripture have had such an impact on the history of the world as the man that we are introduced to in this text this morning. This man is revered by over one half the world's population. In our day, 2012, Abraham is held in high esteem by the adherents of three of the major religions of the world. That would be Jews... Christians, and Muslims. The Jews hold him in such high esteem until they considered Abraham to be almost worthy of their worship. In the Word of God that you hold in your hand that we read just moments ago, the Bible tells us that Abraham is presented to us as a great example of a man who lived by faith, and he lived so much by faith until he was called a friend of God. Wow, I want that for me. And then for the Muslims, and more particularly the Palestinians. The Palestinians, and many of them, of course, are Muslims, the majority of which. And all adherents to Islam trace the, the descendancy of their religion to Ishmael, who was the son of Abraham, prematurely. 
He was not the promised son, I should say. Maybe I should clarify that. You, you remember when Abraham and Sarah was given the promises of God, and I spoke to you about that last Sunday, and God told them they'd have a son, and it, years went by, and there was no child. So Abraham and Sarah decided they would help God out, like some of us have been known to do, me included. I may know that when you help God out not knowing the will of God, you always make a mess more than a, a good thing. Ishmael was born, he was born out of the union of Sarah's maiden, Hagar, and Abraham. But from Ishmael we have the roots of the Palestinians. And therefore, for, for the Muslims and Palestinians, Abraham is of great significance. And here we are today continuing our study in the life of Abraham. And the question might be, he lived so many centuries ago. How is he relevant for 2012, April 22? Two ways I can answer that. Number one, he's relevant because the Bible spends quite a bit of time talking about this man, Abraham. And since the Bible gives him time, I think it's worthy of us, our time. Can I get an amen? amen. Another reason we study the life of Abraham is because he teaches us much about this matter of walking by faith with God. I told you last week, and I'll tell you again, that in order for us to have the approval of God and be blessed in our life, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The key component for getting the approval of God, and we are of this mindset that if I can get the approval of God, I can get the favor of God. How many know that is a good possibility? Amen? The key ingredient to get the favor, approval, and blessings of God in our life is for us to do, as the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, that he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hallelujah to Jesus. I believe that not only he is, but I also believe I'm spending my time well by seeking him. Abraham is the, perhaps the most prominent example in the scripture. Otherwise known as the father of the faithful. To teach us about this call to a life of faith. These verses I read to you this morning represent the early years of Abraham's life. And they show us how the Lord found Abraham. How the Lord called Abraham. And how the Lord promised to bless him. On the surface, these verses of scripture about his early life and genealogy may cause one to think that there's little to be said about how he, this, this passage can relate to us. But nothing can be further from the truth. The early days and the call of this man's life teaches us some valuable lessons about several things. You study the life of Abraham, you learn things about God that we all need to know. Can I get an amen? We learn things about God's ways with us through Abraham's example. And we also learn... How we should respond to God when He calls us. Now, here's what I understand. Since God calls all of us to a life of faith, and since we have trouble living that kind of life day by day, and I speak for myself, but being a pastor and a counselor, I know that others have a similar struggle trying to live by faith day by day. Well, what do you mean trying to live by faith? I mean that sometimes God don't speak to us. He doesn't make Himself visible. We can't feel Him, smell Him, touch Him. We can't hear Him. Sometimes it feels like we are in a vacuum and we're calling on God and we're using up the Kleenex and crying tears and going to the altar and having ourselves being anointed with oil and having folks. And sometimes it looks like in spite of all we do, it seems like God's a million miles away. And faith means even though I don't see Him, touch Him, feel Him, or He speaks to me, I know He's there and I will just keep on Pressing through. That's faith. 
That's Abraham. When I look at his life, there's some things the Holy Spirit would have me to bring to our attention for our encouragement. Number one, Abraham's past obscurity. When you look at the text from where we begin, you'll find that there were some years that Abraham lived that might be termed wretched years. There was a time in the distant past before this passage when Abraham was merely a nobody. You ever felt like a nobody? He was just another nameless face in the crowd of humanity. His past was one of obscurity. Let me look at his past with you for a moment. And in looking at it, I want you to observe, if you will, this thought of the, the place of his original home. Geographically. The Bible says, he lived with his family, his father and family, in Ur. You are Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur was located in what we now call Iraq today. It was in the southeast corner of Iraq, some 75 miles north of the Kuwaiti border, right in the middle of the area where the Gulf War was fought in 1991. Ur. It was the city of Ur at Abraham's time, located at the place where the Euphrates River emptied into the Persian Gulf. At that particular time, Ur was a bustling seaport, a harbor. A lot of trading going on. History also says that this city of Ur was a center of intellectual activity. Some many years ago, archaeologists excavated, unearthed volumes from what would have been a large library. Of course, these volumes and these writings would be on clay tablets, indicating that it was a center of learning as well as a seaport. That region for where Abraham came was also well suited for raising flocks and herds. Which may account for the fact that Abraham was, for the whole of his life, involved with sheep and cattle. Isn't that right? Say amen. That's the place of his original home. Let me consider with you the problem of his original home. While the area of Abraham's origin may have been prosperous, it was also very perverted. What do you mean, Pastor? The people of the area Ur in which Abraham grew up and lived the first 75 years of his life, the people there were involved in some of the most wretched forms of idolatry known to mankind. Such were their idolatry in their effort to appease their God. Some people in worshipping idol gods would offer their babies and their child into the fires of pagan gods to appease them. Such were their perversion and, and their idolatry was so... Intense, until some people would mutilate their bodies with rocks, sharp-edged rocks, and other kinds of sharp devices, cutting and bleeding before their God, taking straps and beating themselves, and, and thinking they could beat themselves into a, some sort of a frenzy to appease their God. Such was their idolatry. So perverse was their idolatry, until... Some of their idols were in the shape of human sexual organs. Sexual orgy was part of their... I don't want to be here... Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the word. I don't want to be blasphemous or, or disrespectful. But, but, but such was their worship, if you will. 
So, so extreme was the idolatry until in the name of worshiping their God, temple prostitutes were available for worshipers. Isn't it amazing how perverse one can get all in the name of God? And America is not too, uh, we may not be doing that same kind of stuff, but yes, we are doing that same kind of stuff in the name of some religion in this country, not you and I, but, but yeah, we, we're not novices. The place of his origin was a place of perversion. Matter of fact, later on in the book of Genesis chapter 31, the Bible says that even though God had removed Abraham, in our text he's known as Abram, removed him from that Ur of the Chaldees, he still had relatives back there. Laban was one of his great nephews. You remember when God sent Jacob over there for some time? You remember Jacob got both of his wives, Leah and Rachel, from the former place of Abraham's dwelling? It was a very perverse place. Later on in the Bible, in, in, in Isaiah 51, Isaiah, during a time of Israel's rebellion and, and seeming to drift away from God, Isaiah warned the people, do not go back to the kind of perversion and sinfulness and idolatry from which God took your father Abraham out of. I think about the place of his original home and the problem of his original home, but I, I must add the pain of his original home. As one reads these verses, the wretchedness and hopelessness of Abraham's years in Ur of the Chaldees comes to the surface. Living in Ur was a time of darkness, death, despair. No matter how you looked at it, Abraham's early years were wretched days. Have you ever had some wretched days? Three of us. When you get right down to it, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, teenagers, when you get right down to it, you and I are no different than Abraham. We might not have served stone gods and gods of, uh, of, of uh, human uh, sexual organs in its, uh, in its orientation. We may not have worshipped the sun and the moon and the stars, but all of us in our past were once trapped in some kind of darkness that engulfed our life from which we in our own power could not escape. But thank God for Jesus. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Every one of us here have a place of origin. Can I get a witness here? We all have an original home. And for some of you, that place you do not want to go back, you do not want to see, and you do not want to be involved with because it's a place of problem and pain for you. Every one of us may have been touched by problems in our original home. I tell you that even though you are now in your adulthood, some of the problems and the pain of your geographical upbringing and your family upbringing, some of the things that you encountered because of somebody's uh, uh, lust or greed or anger or lack of self-control. You may be an adult now, but every once in a while those scars will come back and you've got to keep bringing them under the blood of the cross. We've all had problems but oh thank god for forgetfulness i said thank god for forgetfulness 
thank God when God saved our soul through Jesus Christ, the Bible said in one place that He buried our sin in the sea of forgetfulness. And I'd like to tell you, when God buried your sin in the sea of forgetfulness, they say some places in the ocean as much as five miles deep. When God put your sin down there, where near a scuba diver can go, He put up on the surface of the water. When He buried your sin in the sea of forgetfulness, He hung out a no fishing sign. Don't go back to your sin. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. <laughs> uh, I, I'm watching some of you as I preach my liver out. Don't come here telling me what Rod Parsley preached and T.D. Jake preached. I like them both. When I'm preaching my liver out, I intend for you to get in here with me or something. Don't bring me no CD and cassette of the same stuff I've been preaching. Help me rejoice because God has made you free. I'm not mad. I'm just exhorting. <laughs> what glory? It's my second time. Yeah, you ain't got no ball game, no golf program you got to see this evening, no rerun of some dead show that can give you life like the power of the Holy Ghost in this house. Has he always been that loud? Yes, he's getting louder the older he gets because he's getting... I don't know why my wife wants to drop in the fact that we drumped, we joined a double nickel club. Double nickel I got in this double nickel club yelling and screaming and fighting every... They send me every month, they send me opportunities to join AARP. All kinds of benefits I'm going to get from a AARP. You keep your AARP. I don't want no benefit. I'm no old man. I'm a young whippersnapper. Yeah. Man, I tell you, if, if I get old enough and they render me toothless and I got to gum it, I'm going to skip, I'm going to gum praising the Lord. I can lift up two or three of you to go ahead and do it for us if you, yeah, yeah. This ain't no show for me. God's done a mighty good, God's given me the ability to forget. Forget the pain, forget the place, forget the problem, and delight myself in the now. God is a God of now. Let me tell you something else about Abraham being a man of faith. Abraham's partial obedience cost him. Oh, pastor, you mean he didn't obey all the way? At first. Because he's just like us. How many know God lifts up people who are just like us to teach us how to be like him? Now, when I think about his partial obedience, you remember in chapter 12, verse 1, God called him. And, and the Bible says that out of his darkness, God called him to a new path. Abraham was called to leave everything behind that he loved and everything that he had shaped his life to that point. Leave it. If I could give you three thoughts about what he had to leave. He was called to leave his region, his religion, and his relatives. Which is not a bad thing if you know what I mean. <laughs> Especially that last R. Relatives. <laughs> oh, I've seen everybody say, look at their brother or sister or their somebody and say, we born from the same mama? <laughs> Abraham, you leave your region, 
your former religion, and even some of your relatives. Now let me tell you something else. Here's what God called him to do. And you know when God called you to do some stuff, it ain't always easy. Give me an amen. We all like the easy stuff. We like to be spoon-fed. No wonder some folks ain't growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. They just want this Holy Ghost pablum and this little milk and this little... Yeah, no, no. And God says, I want to put you on some meat. And some of the things, some of the places I want to take you, some of the things I want to do in your life, some of the blessings I want to give to you, I'm calling you to another level. And it's not always easy. I, I mean by, by telling you that God also called him to follow God also called him to faith, and he called him to a new future. You get it? Follow God, have faith in God, because God's got a new future for you. He was to leave his home, not knowing where he was going or when he would arrive, but he was to leave all such matters in the hands of God. That's living by faith. Now, I don't want to be unkind, but I want to be very real. Some of us are going through some wasted years right now. And we got to stop that. God's got something better for us. Now, now listen to me. Some of the people you are hanging with, some of the places you are hanging out, and some of the things in your life are not adding to you. They are sucking your life like leeches would suck blood out of a human being or ticks would suck blood out of a human being or an animal. You all hear what I'm saying? I want to help you now. The Bible says in Romans chapter number, i got to be sure, Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. The Bible says, likewise you also reckon yourself to be dead to sin. When God calls you to salvation, when God calls you, say, God, I want my marriage to be blessed. I want my money to be blessed. I want my mind to be blessed. I want my job to be blessed. I want to open my own business. I want, I want you, O oh God, to help me to finish high school or, or help me to finish uh, college. I want you, O oh God, to heal my body. I want you to bless my children, my grandchildren. I want you to, whatever, whatever next level you're going to, God will call you sometimes to leave some of your reach and your fast religion and some of your relatives because they're wasting your time and God's time. Oh, help me, Jesus. God says when we come to Christ, old things are passed away. All things have become new. You know, they're just... I never could understand in high school. And I say this, and you've been around me. I've been here 27 years. If you heard this before, just smile. I've heard some of your stuff before, and I keep smiling. <laughs> In high school, I couldn't figure out how the beautiful, blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl would be walking to her locker on the arms of some deadbeat, slouchy-looking, waste of time, <laughs> when I was available. <laughs> Pardon my ego. We all have one, don't we? But here's my point. You'd see him, the guy, he wouldn't even, his pants wouldn't keep his pants up. He wouldn't walk erect like normal human beings with two feet and legs. To hold. He walk, you ever heard about this Darwinism and, you know, Darwin theory evolution? They say we came from apes and they have this, these, uh, the Cro-Magnum man. You ever seen the Cro-Magnum man? Not yet human, but he, he walked like this and he's an ape. And I'd see these blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls, got all the potential. 
holding on some kind of Cro-Magnum man on her arm. Talking about, I love him. Well, if I ain't got you yet, let me get you now. It ain't back when I was a teenager. It's now that I'm a pastor. I see the same. Some, I don't mean to be bad. i just just preaching here. Just help him, Holy Ghost. Alan, you just look at the ceiling. Look, keep looking at the wall. Don't look at anybody in particular. I don't know why. They, I know people get lonely. But there are some teenage girls. There are some single moms. There are some divorcees who just got to have a man. Even the crow magnum man. I mean, let me tell you something, ladies. You're looking for a man. Let me just tell you. If, if I had hair, I think I would comb it. Matter of fact, I got so tired combing that one hair I had in circles in my head, I just started to shave it off. And if I did comb it, I wouldn't use a weed eater. <laughs> oh, well. Stay with the text. I am. Wasting your time. He's 30 years old. He's fathered two or three kids that he ain't sending a dime to somewhere, someplace. He wants to lay on the couch with the remote and have you buy him his cigarettes and Lay's potato chips. You want to know where I get the spirit of slap from? Yeah, that's where I get it. Talking about... No, his mama can't. His mama can't do nothing with him. His grandmama can't do nothing with him. Even the card system. And you talk about me going to save him. Now you listen to this. Don't you drag him in my office and come telling me you want me to do you all a wedding. You understand? I, I don't have to do any more weddings. I, I'm honored to be a... But I'm not niching uh, niches in my belt to see if I can out-wedding the Baptist pastor with the number of weddings. I, I'm not interested in just doing weddings. So if you've got you one of them crow magnum man you just got to have, and you think I'm going to marry you, before you come ask me, ask somebody else who knows me. Reckon what he will say if I took this man. And you will save yourself a lot of pain. I feel like, what? Right there. That's just, that's just how I feel. You're wasting time. Okay? There's, now, this is going to be crude, but you're in the shock radio, shock TV, so let me give you some shock preaching. There's some people you need to tell, adios. Hasta luego. Goodbye. I feel a little comical. Hey, hey, hey. I didn't hear you. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. That's it. That's, uh, that's my. <laughs> they are dry. You need to tell some people in a kind way, but a very plain way. Since you have elected not to go to heaven with me, I'm not going to go to hell with you. Wasted years. Wasted years. Now, now, lest you don't know this, lest you think, oh, he's talking to somebody else. He's in the nickel, double nickel club, and I'm 25. Let me tell you, I used to be 25. <laughs> used to be. See what the journey can do? L- l- let me tell you something. Every one of you right here under the sound of my voice 
is one day nearer to the grave. Do you hear me? You will not get tomorrow again. You will not get today again. You are one day nearer to the grave. Now, let me tell you about Abraham. I'm hurrying here now. You see, he, he was called to depart, but he compromised, and he didn't depart immediately. Abraham wasted years and time by not immediately, when God called him to go to another location, he lingered by failing to submit fully to God. The Bible says that they came to Haran, H-A-R-A-N, and dwell there. You remember that was our text? And if you look in a map and you find Haran, you find that Haran is northeast of the promised land. This was not where God called Abraham to be. He had not gone all the way for the Lord. He had failed to separate himself from his family and he had failed to arrive to the place where God called him. Write this down or keep it in your memory. Always remember that partial obedience is simple disobedience. Yes. You will not accept when you tell your child to clean up his or her bedroom that you go over another hour later and it's halfway clean. You consider that partial obedience, which means disobedience. Please remember this. Until you have done all God says to do, you haven't done what God said to do. Me too, yeah. God didn't write this book with 66, this Bible we know as the Word of God, with 66 different books so I could have multiple choice. Can, can I get an amen? You see, I, I know that this kind of preaching I'm doing is not politically correct, and there's some churches who won't even touch it. But I'm telling you, whether you go to one who touches it or doesn't, the only way to get favor with God is to obey His Word, and it's not a multiple choice word, it's all His Word. Give me an amen, somebody. And so, I have a question for you and I. What has the Lord told you to do that you haven't done? I tell you, some of what God tells us to do is difficult. Sometimes it's frightening. Sometimes it's costly. Amen, my faith? But when I study Abraham in his early years, Abraham did not leave Haran and fully follow the Lord's command until the death of his father, Terah, T-E-R-A-H. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean his own father, Terah, was a roadblock between Abraham and his doing the will of God. When Terah, Abraham's father, was removed from the scene, Abraham was ready to move on to the things of God. How does that relate to me today? Let me explain. Terah. It's like the flesh, our flesh, and other things in our life that hinder our progress in the things of God. Can I get another amen? Let me, let me, let me see if I can put it. What is your terror today? If you aren't exactly where the Lord wants you to be, you have a terror in your life. If you are not, I don't mean you'll feel this way every day, but you'll feel this way more times than not about God. If you're not excited about fellowship with God, reading the Word of God, growing in the Lord, if you're not excited about worship and praise, if you're not excited about heaven and excited about you don't have the joy of the Lord, 
And if you're still circling your mountain and, walk, and, and staying at the border of your promised land, never crossing over your Jordan to get where God sent you, then it's possible that you have a terah, terah, and blockage, obstacle in your life. And, and in order for you, it's wasting your time, it's killing you. You want to start your own business. You want to finish school. You want to, you, you, you want to see your family blessed. You want to be financially prosperous. You want to go to the next level in your job. You want to obey God in the ministry. You want to bless people. You have a song you can sing. You have a talent you can use. But time is running out. And the devil's plan is for you to just partially obey God and waste time when God says, Now is the accepted time. And I'm, I'm challenging you. If you're not careful, two things will happen. You will waste time by the terrors in your life. And by so doing, you yourself might be a terror to somebody else's progress. Did you follow what I'm saying? I- I'm hastening now. There are times when I allowed my flesh to get me down. And I didn't realize the negative vibes I was emanating to people around me as a young preacher i learned i had to learn early on that just because everything's not right in my life with somebody or something or situation i learned that i don't need to come and unload on the body of christ because i could be a terror to them help me out here somebody you may not have had the best childhood. That don't mean you're beat up on your present child's childhood. Can I get an amen? You, you may not have had the best of everything, and you may not, but that don't mean you just come in there and be a terror and terror to them. Help me preach here, somebody. I, I have had situations in my life where I carry these burdens and these baggage and these bundles. I don't have an illustration right now, but, but let me just pretend. These are my terror, my burdens, my baggage, my bundles. I've been carrying them. Somebody didn't call when they're supposed to. Somebody stabbed me in the back when they told me they're going to be my friend. Somebody got ahead in the job for me when they told me that they would help me get the job. Anybody hearing me? Somebody cussed and lied and swore and broke promises. I got these baggage and bundles and terrors for years. I've been nursing them, rehearsing them, and cursing them. Why some of you sitting like you just did? Because you are in terror. We've all had terror. And I've, I've counseled some of you. Some of you have been terrors. I've had people tell me in my ministry, you're the man of God. You're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I've had people tell me, you like Benny Hinn. Thank God I'm not. You can terrorize me about that later. But thank God I am who I am. I've had people tell me, I'm going to hang with you. Little did I realize that it really meant I'm going to hang you. <laughs> Go ahead and nod. I've had my, I've wasted time over folks that ain't going no way for God, doing nothing for God. Just want to eat up my time. I feel a Yeah. I've had my pity parties just like you. I've called off somewhere and say, nobody knows. <laughs> The troubles I see, nobody knows. Y'all are humming it because you sang it too. 
I've had pity parties, wasted time, and some of you have never come to it when I invited you. And when I found out where you were, I found out you were having your own little pity party, and I didn't come, and it made you more mad. We've all had our parties. God, I'm having a little light moment with you, although it sounds like I'm terrorizing you. Yeah. We are wasting time carrying on grudges and bitterness and strife. Man, in 27 years, I've had different kind of staff people and different kind of volunteers. And man, I know I'm not perfect, but I, I've had some people let me down and hurt me. And I have carried it. And I thought, I ain't apologizing. I didn't hurt them. I didn't. And the devil says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, until they come, I have nursed the wounds. I have, I have rehearsed the wounds. I have cursed the wounds only to lose the anointing. I've come to services when I should be praising God. I should be in a healing line. I should be praying for people because I got the Holy Ghost, but I let the terror, I let I let the baggage waste my time and cause me to temporarily lose my anointing. <laughs> that ain't happening again. I said that ain't happening again. I said I am like Paul today if I've ever been. Forgetting those things that are behind. I press forth for the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you want to have a pity party, go ahead. If you want to cry and moan and curse and rehearse, don't call me. But if you want to forget it and you want to plead the blood over it and you want to go on to the next level, let's do it together. Somebody praise the Lord. Stand up. Stand up all over this house. Stand up and put your hands together. Come on, help me praise I ain't wasting no more time. I want every member of this church to stay members. I want every choir singing person to sing in the choir. I want every band member to play. I want every visitor to keep coming back. But I'm not willing to go around the desert 40 years with you when the land of milk and honey is waiting for me. I'm running out of time. And you are too. Jesus is coming soon. I don't know the day or the hour. But I hope he finds me terrorizing hell. Did you all hear me? I want to put demons in their place and the devil in his place by the blood of the Lamb. Look at somebody and say, let it go. Look at the other person on the other side and say, let it go. <laughs> Woo! Clap your hands. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Abraham says, God's called me. I waited too long. This cost me too much time. But God gave him 100 more years. Y'all didn't hear the bald head preacher. I said, he left at 75 and he died at 175. Because he said, I wasted too much time. When he died, he was more wealthy. And he's dead and gone now, and God's still fulfilling the promises. Don't you carry on the baggage, bundles, and burdens. You see, you can't work your way to these promises. Did you hear me? You can't work your way. It's a gift from God. If you mess up and slip up, Ask him to forgive you. Don't go back and practice it and consider it a license to sin. Stop it. Get some help. Get some accountability. 
Somebody else's children don't have to be blessed better than yours. Somebody's health doesn't have to be better. God loves everybody. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Pastor, I should have been a long ways further in this walk of faith than I am. But I confess to you, Pastor, what you said this morning, what the Holy Spirit said, my place of origin has been painful and problematic, and i got to let it go. Heads bowed, eyes closed, intercessors are praying. Pastor, I have circled the mountain too long when I should be in the land of milk and honey. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I have wasted time with people, places, and things that I had no business wasting time there, and I find myself no better. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm going into my promises. I need, I need, Pastor, the capacity to be delivered from my terrors, from my roadblocks. Some I've made, some others have made for me. Pastor, I do not need to stay bitter. I do not, not, I do not want to practice unforgiveness. I do not want somebody to hold me hostage. You've set me free. If that's you, raise your hands. Oh, there are numbers. Hold it up. Hold up. Numbers of hands all over this church. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Put them down. Now look at me, everybody. Please, if, if that's as far as you go, it won't last until you get to your car. But you must believe. You must believe. God's put a 10 on your head. Don't let nobody else put a 2 on your head. Can I get an amen? You must believe that whatever you're going to pray for right now, God will change. Now, here's how I'm going to close in just a moment. You know, Pentecostal preachers, they close five or six times. I don't know about all the other churches in Coweta County. I have some knowledge about some churches. But from my estimation and what I hear, I don't think there's a more culturally diverse church in the county than this. Yes, that's a praise the Lord. First and second service. Caucasians, African Americans, Indians, Latinos, Hispanic, Asians. That's heaven. It's not by accident. We got to help each other. I said we got to help each other. I don't care your color, your skin, because evidently you don't care what my skin color is it because you're here I, I, I want you to be prosperous but your money your education whatever awards you have is not relevant right now for what I'm fixing to do what I need is to say that we, I need you I need you I'm the pastor and the shepherd but I need you to help me I need you to pray for me I need you to encourage me I want to do it for you we need each other Take somebody by the hand on either side of you. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray over them. The kind of blessing you want on you. If you have to cross the aisle, please cross the aisle. Begin to pray right now. Begin to pray over there. Pray that God would take the terror and the terror out of their lives. Come on, right now. Take the roadblocks. Come on, come on. Pray for them like they're your relatives. They may be. Pray for them like you want somebody to pray for your children, for your marriage. Oh God, this is my brother. Come on. This is my sister. I put a 10 on their head. Come on, come on, pray for them. 
I pray for their mind to be a sound mind. I pray they would not, the devil won't waste their life and they won't waste their life. Come on, pray for I pray for teenagers. I pray for single moms. I pray for single dads. I pray for senior adults. I, I pray for businessmen and women. I pray for husbands and fathers, mothers and wives. I pray power. Come on, plead the blood of Jesus over you. Over your, carry them to the cross. Carry them to the cross. My God, the blessings I want for my family, I want them to have. The blessings I want for my finances, I want them to have. The healing I want for my body, I want them to have it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, come on, praise the Lord with them. I thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank the Lord for them. Thank the Lord. Oh, yes. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Because you're already getting out. Now release that hand and raise them up and praise the Lord. Sing, my brother, and praise him. Come on, come on, come on. First, praise him one more time. Now lift up your hands as they lift up your hands. Take about 30 seconds to say thank you, Jesus, or praise the Lord. Raise up your voices. Come on, thank you as they sing. Sing with them.